Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I tell young people they have no idea how unfree they really are. And then I tell them some stories from my youth and adolescence, and they can't believe it. How, how could this possibly be? How could your high school give you the keys to the school pickup truck and send you down to a shopping center to get pallets of wood and then bring them back and build a 30-foot-tall mound for the homecoming bonfire and then drive the truck over to a plumbing supply company that had donated a toilet and haul the toilet up onto the 30-foot-high stack of wooden pallets and put a an effigy of one of our rivals in a clad in the uniform from that rival that somehow was acquired this is all officially sanctioned by the by the high school of course we didn't have 87 administrators for every student we didn't need them jerry wood wilcox the head basketball coach was also the dean of men and yes they called him the dean of men he wasn't the dean of boys he was the dean of men and then one of the nuns was the dean of women and and you didn't mess with sister and you certainly didn't mess with mr wilcox there was discipline there was bright lines but as long as you didn't cross over those bright lines we were pretty free to do what we wanted there was even a smoking lounge for seniors and those who were over 16. oh did i mention this was a catholic school the public schools were even had even fewer rules they can't believe it that's just one story we have no idea as a society how unfree we've become largely in response to the patriot act patriot act is clamped down and banking you can't even get 300 dollars of your own money out of an atm per day it's gotten ridiculous But thank heaven, we had some of the most brilliant men in the history of humanity writing our Constitution and especially our Bill of Rights. They gave us that beautiful First Amendment, that gorgeous Second Amendment, which protects the First Amendment, and the other amendments. And why are these so important? Let's look at countries that don't have them. Ireland, for example. They don't have a First Amendment, so the government can infringe their speech. They don't have a Fourth Amendment. What's the Fourth Amendment? Let me read it to you. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. That's why you get a lot of constitutional challenges under Fourth Amendment grounds. Okay, there was a warrant. Was it signed under oath? Did it particularly describe the place to be searched? Did it have the right address on it? How many times have we seen stories where the police burst into an apartment, shoot somebody in there, killing them? That happened recently. And it turns out they had the wrong apartment. 
and also particularly describing the persons or things to be seized. So if it's not in the search warrant, you can't get it unless there's open evidence to the casual view of a crime. Like if you've got drugs out on the countertop. But if they didn't say rifling through all the drawers, you can't rifle through all the drawers. And anything that results from such a search is called fruit of the poisonous tree. And it, and usually the whole case, gets thrown out of court. Not on a technicality. That's a TV term. These aren't technicalities. These are fundamental rights. And remember, our rights come from God. Our rights don't come from the government. Because remember, what the government giveth, the government can take away. Why is this so important? Again, Ireland, they're trying to pass a law before Christmas that is going to authorize the police to enter people's homes and arrest them for things that they're posting online. This is totalitarian. This is what they want. This is the dystopian one world government that the globalists want. They want total control. 15-minute cities. You'll own nothing and like it. You'll eat bugs if we tell you to. We're really at the precipice as a species. And everybody around the globe has to stand up and just say no to fascism, no to communism, no to totalitarianism, and no to tyranny. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to TNT Radio? Why not stream us direct from your website, on our desktop, tablet, or mobile device, or download our app from the App Store? We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. So President Joe Biden has admitted that he might not run for re-election, if Donald Trump were also not running. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Uh, well, President Joe Biden's not sure of a lot of things, I might argue, but um, one of those things, apparently, according to what he said at a campaign event in Boston yesterday, is he's not necessarily sure if he'd be doing what he's doing, running for a second term, if it wasn't for the fact that Donald Trump was doing it. It's almost like he's making this personal or something <laughs> weird. Uh, he also stressed the importance of defeating the former president in 2024. Um, well, what he said, uh, his exact words at the fundraising event, Biden said, quote, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, end quote. He added, quote, but we cannot let him win, end quote. I'm not sure if he said it exactly that way. But during the speech, he also, uh, among many things, highlighted President Trump's continued calls to repeal the Affordable Care Act, uh, a.k.a. Obamacare. Uh, President Biden's visit to Boston was part of a week-long fundraising tour in multiple states aimed at bolstering his campaign finances before the year's end. In Boston, the president centered his message on the high stakes of the upcoming election, pointing out that President Trump has been transparent about his intentions if he were to win again. He said, quote, Trump's not even hiding the ball anymore. He's telling us what he's going to do. He's making no bones about it, end quote. What is he talking about? Well, President Biden cited his predecessor's statements about seeking, quote unquote, retribution 
and his promise to root out the quote unquote vermin in the country, which President Biden compared to language used in Germany during the 1930s. He would know he was probably there. Uh, just saying in the 1930s. Sorry, that was an age joke. Uh, Biden uh, said, quote, he didn't even show up at my inauguration. I can't say I was disappointed, but he didn't even show up. End quote. Apparently, people thought that was funny because the audience laughed at that one. Uh, he also referred to his record breaking 81 million votes. Yeah. Anyway, in the 2020 election, and he joked, quote, almost like somebody's age, it's hell turning 40 twice, end quote. I don't even get that joke, but that's all right. In Boston, the president had a busy schedule, including three campaign fundraisers, concluding with an evening concert by James Taylor at the Schubert Theater in downtown Boston. Wow. He's certainly staying busy. There are at least nine fundraisers that are scheduled for President Biden before the month ends with the goal of raising millions of dollars. On Friday, uh, Biden will travel to Los Angeles for a two-day trip to meet with wealthy donors, including tech executives, lawyers, politicians, and everybody's favorite, Hollywood stars. The fundraising event on Friday will take place at the home of Michael Smith, a celebrity interior designer, and his partner, James Costos, a former HBL executive and former ambassador, ambassador excuse me, to Spain during the Obama administration. Directors Steven Spielberg and Rob Reiner, as well as recording industry mogul David Geffen, are expected to attend the event. It's almost like everybody's going to be there, except not quite. Uh, who else? Well, we're going to see musician Lenny Kravitz. He's Kravitz, who is scheduled to perform at the event. Other notable guests include Barbara Streisand and, get excited people, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Wow, that, that should just sell the place out right there, right? Um, according to Biden campaign spokesperson Kevin Muniz, speaking to Reuters, quote, we're putting in the work across our fundraising program and look forward to again outperforming the MAGA field, end quote. Hollywood, in case you didn't know, has traditionally been a major source of funding for the Democratic Party. In 2020, Democrats received $163.6 million, 88% of the total in campaign contributions from the entertainment industry. However, this year, the fundraising efforts have been hampered by strikes involving writers and actors in the industry. Hence, President Biden's upcoming trip is aimed at regaining momentum in fundraising. Following the end of these strikes last month, the president will continue his fundraising tour in Pennsylvania and Maryland next week after an extremely long nap, I'm sure, Timothy. But what do you think? Well, I, you know, there there he goes again. Joe mispronounces ballots. He says votes instead of ballots. He definitely got 81 million ballots. You know, did 81 million legally registered Americans vote for him? Of course not. We all know that. As for the story about this fundraiser, Adam, I'm hardened, hardened, I tell you, to hear that James Taylor's still alive. Haven't heard from him in 20 years. I didn't know he was still with us. Ditto Bab Streisand and some of the other names that you mentioned. Lenny Kravitz, is, is, is he still alive? You know, <laughs> I guess they're all going to be dancing for the dancing with the oldies, right? The the oldie moldies are all going to be supporting Joe Biden. And uh, I, I said on January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee in 2024. I'm standing by that. I don't think he's going to cross the finish line. 
don't think he's even going to be on the ballot. We'll see. But I think even though he says he's not running, they're still grooming Gruesome Newsome. And Camel Toe still has aspirations, even though everywhere she goes, they pretty much just mock her. And nobody listens. And her new mission to invigorate the Latinx community, that's not going so well either, according to reports I've heard. And she's getting a lot of heckling. She's getting a lot of laughter. You know, one thing you don't want when you're out on a stump speech is saying something seriously and having people laugh at you. Now, if you wisecrack and quip like President Trump does, yeah, then the laughter's great. Even Ronald Reagan used laughter effectively. But when you're saying things in all earnestness, like Stumblebum Joe and Camel Toe, and you get laughter as a response, I think that should tell you it's time to exit stage left. Yeah, and this is all in the, the same day where the news was um, the other kind of related thing is that everyone's trying to paint this picture that uh, Trump on day one, is, uh, well, Trump said that, but he's going to be some sort of dictator and, and and do all of these horrible, nasty things. And then I think if I'm not mistaken, with he was on speaking to Hannity, Trump was referring to signing like executive orders and doing some things that like, should I remind everybody, President Biden signed, I believe, the most number right. of executive orders. Yeah. So I'm like, well, who do they think they're kidding? It's just a whole bunch of projection, Timothy, as usual. Well, it, it, it's projection, Adam, but it's also paving the way for the narrative because they know that Trump's going to be elected. And so they want to pave the way to the narrative. He's a dictator. See, we warned you. He's a dictator. He just signed an executive order. I said in 2016, right after the election, I said it before the inauguration in January of 2017. I was saying it all over social media. President Trump needs to take the oath of office step to the side and sign a host of executive orders completely undoing the the Obama agenda and then step to the microphone and give his inaugural address and tell the world what he had just done. Instead, he was too conciliatory. You know, what did all the articles about the Trump inaugural address talk about? Oh, it was dark. It was, it was, no, it was uplifting. It was unifying. President Trump, if he made a mistake in his first days in office, it was being too nice. It was being too conciliatory. He didn't fire every U.S. attorney on day one the way every president in modern history up until that date did. And I better you better believe in 2025, he's going to be firing every U.S. attorney on day one because that's what presidents do. And he needs to he needs to clean the decks, just clean house. And let the critics be damned. You know, people are going to chirp no matter what. There's no way to appease these people. So don't even bother trying. Ignore them. Focus on the mission. Focus on making America great again. Focus on doing what needs to be done for the betterment of all the American people, including the Boo Birds. Thanks for another great story, Adam. This is The Reckoning on TNT Radio. 
TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as it reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media, like Telegram, who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. And I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Dr. Simon Goddick is a biotechnologist, author, researcher, entrepreneur, and citizen journalist dedicated to promoting health and self-sufficiency. Dr. Goddick courageously exposed the discrepancy in Drosten's PCR protocol paper, leading to his unjust cancellation and job loss on three separate occasions since 2020. He's currently the CEO of Sunfluencer.com, where he develops groundbreaking vitamin D and omega-3 formulations, and is also a proud fellow of the esteemed Brownstone Institute. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning for the first time, Dr. Simon Goddick. Hey, good evening. Good evening, Simon. It's nice to speak with you uh, live from the Brazilian rainforest. Thank you for coming on. There I am. Yes. So you're one of my my brothers in arms on social media. I got 31 30 day bans on Facebook and found out the hard way that they do not give you a 30 second. They just nuked my existence completely. It's as though I was never there. You've had that happen, but You've had more severe consequences even with job losses. Why don't you describe those briefly? What happened? Well, first of all, you, you had Facebook. I think it's okay. Well, it's a boomer thing, right? <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I deleted my account, I think, five years ago when, when it was clear that Zuckerberg is doing censorship. So um, I, I didn't know it was still a thing, but at least, yes, I... I I was never a big social media person, and I registered. I think on on Twitter was <laughs> X was called Twitter back then. I think, and uh, I got active beginning of twenty twenty. Um, and no, that's not even true. Um, mid of twenty twenty, I think it was June twenty twenty when I was promoting my my preview preview uh, vitamin D publications, and uh, I was like, okay, I need to get this out. I need I need some more citations. You know, <laughs> that's what a scientist does, and and I was. I was I was uh, posting about my my publications. I was posting vitamin D, and and and, and people uh, considered it pseudoscience and contacted my former university, and they were not happy with me pu- publishing about vitamin D, even though it was factual, past peer review, and 
etc. But they were really not happy about this. So um, after I then um, exposed the PCR test and the fraud that Drosten committed with his colleagues, Myron Koopmans, Victor Corman, etc., yeah, they they were like actually <laughs> pulling the line. They were like, "Hey, Simon, you're out." Um, so they they saw it as anti-scientific what I've been doing, and even though they said what I said was factual, they considered what I, what I was doing um, causing harm to to science. Yeah, don't you love that? Oh, Simon, you told the truth. That's very harmful. We can't permit that. We have in New Zealand now a whistleblower who's facing seven years in prison because he exposed all the mass deaths due to the gene jab. I've never, I'm trained in biology myself, okay? I I was in a doctoral program in biology and I was able to look around the corner and see where science was headed and realized I didn't wanna spend the rest of my life in a lab chasing grant money from either the government or these foundations that had agendas that I really felt uncomfortable with. And so I left and went into the business world. And I'm so thankful today that I did because I look around at what's happening to people like you, to people like Dr. Eric Naputi. I've got to say this, at least you weren't sued for half a trillion dollars by the federal government for promoting vitamin D. No, at least at least not. But I mean, like what we have seen is that similar things happen to Julian Assange. And they yes. just keep on doing so. If you expose the government, you're screwed. And uh, I mean, that's why I'm also living here, because I felt restrictions from the Dutch government, because I mean, like, one of the persons I was exposing was Myron Koopmans, or is still Myron Koopmans, who is the yeah. state virologist of the Netherlands. Everything she's saying until now are, are, we would say disinformation, you know, are lies. So she's lying. She's been, she's been, uh, she's been kicked out of some UN committee because she she got money from the CCP, and so she's she's even officially corrupt. And I mean, I've been saying this. I've been saying nothing else. I, I was asking her personally via via Twitter, like, weren't you wondering how it's possible that you, that your publication or your co-author um, how it passed peer review within within literally one day? And no, she didn't reply. But I mean, like many of her virologist colleagues from the University of Utrecht, she's I think she's at Rotterdam. I was at Wageningen and the, the, her virology colleagues from uh, Utrecht University, and they attacked me. So she's never attacked me personally. She's always sending others. So sure. um, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what yeah, they, they never they never have the courage for a one on one showdown out in the street, you know, of science. No, it's not like the old days where scientists used to snipe at each other in peer-reviewed articles, right? And I, 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 I discovered this. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. It, you know, back and forth through the, in the literature or in symposia. That's the way science was always done. But now I mean, it's, still, it's anti-science. It's, well, I, yeah, well, um, well, let's be fair. Uh, Peter Hotes is still doing that. He's sniping like crazy. He's throwing nuclear bombs at us. He said, that everybody who is questioning the vaccines and the and the measures, the governmental measures, should be treated as terrorists, and there should be an anti-terrorist group taking care of us. That's what you wrote in a peer-reviewed publication in the Lancet. I mean, yeah, they, and I, <laughs> these I think Peter has a point. Peer review. Yeah, I think he has a point. I just think he has the parties mixed up, right? I think Peter Hotez is the terrorist. Peter Hotez is he the is. one committing mass genocide, particularly against children. 
And yes. you know, I, we need to see some accountability here, Simon. I, I, I think he's a, he's a bioterrorist, but let me, he, he says we are, we are the bad ones who are killing billions and, <laughs> or millions at least. So um, it's word versus word. I mean, like just by the whistleblower who was, who was publishing the data, we can see that we've been always right and it will, right. the truth will get out. But I doubt that those who have been participating in, in genocide, like Christian Drosten, who only made this possible, without Christian Drosten, there would have been no pandemic. Because the PCR test was de was was defined, so he will never be. He he's he's still winning prices. Imagine the the government is still giving him like 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 it's like literally North Korea, just like in the center of Europe. So the guy who's committing was committing genocide is, is getting all the prices from the government. Oh, look, hero number one, etc. So this is still happening. That's an excellent point. Let's dip into that after the news. That without Christian Drosten, there would have been no scamdemic. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Hear about it. We're depending on our congressmen. Talk about it. The people have to stand up and say enough. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Harvard President Claudine Gay is revising her previous statements on anti-Semitism, clarifying that her earlier remarks were misinterpreted. Conservative Party leader Pierre Polyev has pledged to obstruct House of Commons proceedings by tabling thousands of amendments to ruin the Prime Minister's Christmas in retaliation for the Senate watering down a carbon tax exemption bill for farmers. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Simon, I had the benefit of a great undergraduate and graduate school education in biology. And I saw immediately what we were in for when they started breathlessly touting the r naught value for this new novel coronavirus. And I was like, they have no idea what the r naught value is. You, you have no test for it, number one. Number two, you have no idea what the denominator is. You have no idea how many people were exposed, r naught value being the measure of how many people got sick out of how many people were exposed. And there was no way to identify if someone was sick, whether they were sick with a cold, the flu, or this new novel coronavirus. And then they had no way of knowing what the denominator was. And yet here, every single night on the network news, they were breathlessly touting these are not values. Yeah. Um, first of all, I like how you call it a scamdemic because I called it a plandemic. <laughs> well, it's both, really. Yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's, literally, it's both. Um, so what caught my attention, of course, was um, the um, pandemic or plandemic response. So when they were all saying, like, okay, we have to isolate people. You cannot go outside anymore. We have to close sport clubs. And they were promoting fast food or delivery, food delivery. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so right? that is that actually made me publish my vitamin D papers because from my knowledge of being a scientist in that field, and it's one of my fields, I, I, I know that with a vitamin D blood serum level of 50 nanograms per milliliter at least, 
you don't get the sniffles, you don't get the flu. So I was wondering why they didn't want to expose people to the sun. And in that course, I was uh, I was learning about this uh, PCR test that 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 or like the PCR protocol for COVID that Drosten was developing. And I learned that he was already developing it in December 2019, <laughs> before the virus obviously was detected in China. And I was hey, like, come hey, on! They, is... At least they waited until after <laughs> agenda or event 201 took place. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, actually, this only got exposed because a lab in Slovenia who tested this, they wrote in their protocol beginning of January, we've been excessively testing this 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 PCR test. I mean, like, they didn't work during New Year's, even Christmas, so we know that far in the beginning of December, this test was already ready. And, of course, then I learned about the, the uh, peer review. Um, yeah. Um, how do you say this? Uh, world record? <laughs> 24 yeah. hours max? And, and back then, I was a I was an editor of a of a Q1 journal, and I was on Twitter just explaining how a peer process works and why it takes at least six months and why this is impossible. Just like every step, I was explaining every single step that happen, that's happening for the peer review. And I told it's impossible. It's as if your grandma is running 100 meters against Usain Bolt and your grandma would run three seconds and Usain Bolt like 10 Never be like, oh, that's possible. Well, your grandma is just fast, you know. It's it's impossible. It's just literally impossible. And yeah, I was I was just informing about that, and it got backfired literally. And these people we exposed are still nothing is happening to them. They're they're protected by by their government or by the governments and by the WHO, and they they had so I don't know. I, I'm at lots of words here. Why? Why this guy is still a free man? And that, yeah, it's well, and it's not just in this area, right? Why FBI came out today here in the United States and admitted that the 2020 election is why they covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story. And you know these know. people, the, these people commit crimes against the Constitution, crimes against the people, crimes against humanity, and there's never any accountability. And there's certainly no punishment for them it's it's very frustrating yeah they're getting away with everything i mean what can we do usually in the past you had journalists or like mainstream media going against the government because they had to right. kind of control the government and what they were doing but nowadays they are sitting in the same boat they're doing they're they're following the same agenda so if well, there is no public pressure you know yeah but even even that i call into question because we're learning things like Bob Woodward of the Washington Post to help, you know, Woodward and Bernstein expose Watergate and bring down Richard Nixon. Well, it, it turns out that Bob Woodward wasn't a journalist. He was a Navy intelligence officer that was put at the Washington Post and that his contact was Mark Felt, the assistant or the deputy director of the FBI. And they've been using, you know, the church committee here in the 1970s exposed Operation Mockingbird where the media was printing CIA propaganda. They've 95%. Been, uh, I think it was 95% yeah, of the, of the media using, printed propaganda from, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've been, they've been, you know, government shills for a long time, I'm afraid. But it's getting worse. So what I'm saying is it getting is, worse. Yeah. So maybe back then it was 95% propaganda. Now it's like close to 100%. So um, these are the odds. 
you know, it's gotten to the point where we don't even trust the the boxing results or the score, sports scores anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> Sad. One of the things I gave up all professional sports when the BLM movement and the take a knee for Colin Kaepernick and that whole thing started. It just I mean, now you me. got Kelsey. Now you got Kelsey being a Pfizer shill. That's I mean, exactly uh, things, where I was going with that. And it's not just Kelsey being a Pfizer show, but look what they've done now. They've paired him with Taylor Swift. And now that's the big romance and everybody's supposed to be so excited that Tay-Tay finally found love with the football hero. And it's just so obviously a psyop, Simon. It is. Yes. <laughs> just before the elections, you know, and they're, she's yeah. going to have lots of impact on, on whatever. They're going to they're going to show Biden. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a playbook which is obvious, but uh, I think more than eighty percent of the population have no clue what's going on. I think twenty percent kind of know that things are wrong. Maybe one percent, maybe we are the top one percent who at least understand a glimpse of what's going on, and that's that's enough to be awake. It is, and I think more and more people. I'm getting encouraged because more and more people are waking up. Black America here in the United States is starting to figure it out thanks to the left overstepping, the Democrats overstepping and indicting Donald Trump not once but four times. And that's had a tremendous impact. Trump is leading Biden among black males now for the first time in history. And wow. um, I I'm encouraged. I think people are starting to wake up a little bit. I mean, at least um, if you if you see at the adverse effects of the vaccine, and I, I know many people who who experience it, and they understand like what they say. Look, the government was always telling us that it's like safe and effective. They were actually kind of pushing us to take it to keep our jobs, and it wasn't true. What else are they lying about? So this is what I what right. I hear a lot from my from my personal friends, and, and many say like Simon, we thought you were crazy in the beginning, but you're not. <laughs> this is another thing which I actually like to hear. I mean, like. It's an ego thing, probably. Like you've been, you've been put into a corner. Like, oh, this is the bad guy for for like two years, and finally, people people admit that that it wasn't that bad. What I've been saying that it was maybe even correct. So I think um, if you if you have like just like normal people usually don't don't, don't care too much about politics. If they are waking up and are questioning things, this is the right way to go. And of course, on the other hand, you have the you have the hardcore liberals. You will never change. You see them on. On Twitter, you see them on other social media. They will never change, like Krasenstein's, etc. So Biden could 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 commit murder, and they was like, "Oh, this this justified." You know, they're they're these people. Um, but I, I mean, think their numbers decline. I think their numbers declining, though. Even people like Michael Rappaport and other famous leftists have come out and said, "You know, voting for Trump's on the table because Biden is just not doing what." You know, he, he said he was going to do and he's not doing right by America. I, I think no. I think things are getting so bad here in, in yeah, this. Biden country. doesn't know what he's doing. Do you think oh, he's in power? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, when we say, yeah, that, that's a when we say Biden, of course, we mean the people that are that are pulling his strings because he's clearly not in charge even of his own bowels. But I, I want to. There, there's so much good news on the horizon. So after the break, we're going to start talking about some of that. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever. 
for COP28 in Joe's place, with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is, and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left, and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that there's 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Simon, we were talking about how without uh, Christian, there would have been no scamdemic. Let's dig in a little bit. When we talk about the PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, for those who are unfamiliar with it, why don't you quickly describe it and describe why Carrie Mullins, the inventor of PCR, who won the Nobel Prize in medicine and biochemistry for it, why he said before he died that it was not a, a test that should be used for diagnostic purposes. It wasn't only Carrie Mullen who, who was saying this. It was also Christian Drosten who was saying this until 2020. He always said you cannot detect disease. You cannot actually say if th- someone is sick by, by applying this PCR test. Especially not if if the cycle threshold is, I think, is higher than twenty four, twenty five. Well, let me just stop um, right there, this- though. Let me let me just stop right there. Let's. What PCR is is just a way to take a small amount of DNA, and by running cycles by by the cyclical repetition of the uh, chemical reaction, you make copies so that you've got a sufficient amount of material to do other tests with it was to all that all it was was a way to take a little bit of dna and make more dna that you can use to run tests on it, it was never developed as a test itself was it no no it, it was never it's basically a biochemical um, photocopier exactly so what what christian drosten's test was running with i think was a cycle threshold of 40 or 45 so, so literally, if you test whatever um, here on Earth, you would find a particle from Mars. And you wouldn't say, look, the Earth is Mars. It's not. Um, right. So it's literally the same with this with this COVID virus or whatever they're testing. 
um, if you have a PCR test with this with this high cycle threshold, um, you would literally make the majority of healthy people sick just by definition. And this is what happened with this PCR test. So um, the majority of the people who were um, considered sick or died from COVID um, weren't even exposed to the virus. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, so this is this is a big issue we've been talking about. And, and Christian Drosten said the same in, in 2014 in a huge interview with, um, with I think it was, was some German newspaper, um, Weltwoche or something like that, and um, he's been he's been saying that to them. You cannot use a a PCR test as diagnostic tool. You cannot do this. It's highly forbidden because I think he was doing some 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 research on on dromedary babies. <laughs> he, he was saying like, you can't do this. He should actually he should, he should state uh, analyzing dromedary babies actually. What a shame that he turned on, on us, but whatever. So um, his his PCR test only made this this uh, um, this pandemic um, uh, possible because if you if you consider the following, if there wasn't this 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 global mass testing, probably nobody would ever have um, have had the idea that there, there was a, that there was a pandemic nobody would ever have noticed it so even though the flu wave in 2018 was um caused a higher mortality rate in the beginning of course when we, we look into yeah, 63,000 yeah 63,000 people died here in the United States alone in 2018 2019 over that winter exactly in the Netherlands the 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 hospitals were were crowded and at no point during COVID this has been observed so um so the excess mortality rate we saw in April is is in my opinion solely due to the fear and panic that the media were 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 spreading because if you know that when people are are afraid over a long period of time not just like uh one second because something is dropping or uh, a tiger is hunting you you know um right. when they're afraid over a long period of time it it, it leads to elevated uh, cortisol levels um over a long period of time so um, it's kind of like chronically elevated, and this actually shuts down the immune system. So people die due to uh, due to um, fear and not due to a virus or a, or a pathogen. And this is what and we, we, even we saw have in that, April. Yeah, we even have that email out of, I believe it was the University of East Anglia. If that's not the university, it was a university in the United Kingdom. The email where it says, hey, guys, essentially, guys, we uh, we went a little overboard pushing the fear. We need to back it off because people are now so afraid that they're paralyzed. They're not doing what we want them to do. They're not doing anything at all. Yes, yes. And this this was the case in literally all the countries. Um, you have always had these committees who were discussing internally how you can how you can fear the general population. Um, this was the case in England, in the Netherlands, Germany, in all the countries. They were like talking about how can we get people afraid, and and these um, these minutes are public, so it's it's not like that it's a conspiracy theory of right. of mine or yours. These this is public information, and nobody until now has been talking about this and, and asking like, was this actually necessary? What was the 
what was actually the um the effect of of these measures nobody is, is questioning this but i mean like um if you just use your common sense and you know that fear is killing and they were inducing fear you know that they have been killing us in millions and that their measures did nothing but harm oh by the hundreds of millions and fear doesn't just impact the immune system it can actually alter someone's perception of reality can't it yeah totally um <laughs> totally um if if you for example it's especially the case for older people for elderlies and they say they have been dying elders have been dying because especially these these elderlies um are afraid to die i mean uh, of course there are some religious people some religious elderlies are like i'm not afraid to die but the majority is and if you tell them look there is there is a there is a dangerous virus out there and everybody's wearing masks and you're always reminded of of this dangerous virus it it's it eventually can can lead to can lead to death yeah, and it's uh, it's nothing to be trifled with, but as they always do, the left always oversteps the mark. They always go a little bit too far, and now we're finally starting to see some pushback. We've seen it in Hungary with the election of Viktor Orban. We've seen it now in Brazil with the election of uh, Javier, or I'm sorry, Argentina with the election of Javier Malay, and even in the Netherlands, we've got here. Uh, how do you say his name? Heert de Villiers? Uh, Heert Wilders. Heert Wilders. <laughs> Heert Wilders. Okay. Uh, you know, there's, I, I've got hope for the Netherlands for the first time since the last Olympic ice, high, uh, ice skating uh, uh, competition. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, still Heert Wilders, I'm, I'm critical towards him. Um, I think he has many policies I personally wouldn't agree with, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so he was totally a COVID shill. So he was supporting all these, all these measures and uh, oh, was and he? Because based on what I saw, yes. I didn't, I didn't think he was. That's disappointing to learn. Thank you. Yeah, that's 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 what was the point too. He actually agreed all the measures and also the um, the the um, vaccine mandates. So that's why. Um, yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's he's not a great example of no he's not he's he's a, but also melee in argentina he was he was like uh virtual signaling look i got vaccinated look i got the shot etc so i mean like he's probably also not the best example yeah but at least I, he, at least he admitted he was wrong at least at least yes. melee admitted he was wrong and other yes, people in the netherlands are waking up though i think this farm issue is waking up a lot of people yeah that's um it it's well it woke up many people, but if you if you check out the last elections, huh, uh, the the farmers' party uh, wasn't that successful, unfortunately. So um, I'd be a bit careful. I think it is it's more on social media than reality. So if I if I talk to my real life friends in the Netherlands, they say like, yeah, well. So um, there are some people waking up, but I would say the the majority in the Netherlands is still asleep. That's unfortunate. I very good friend's husband is from the Netherlands and he's, you know, he, he believes everything that he's heard. He was on weekly calls with CDC and FDA because he's an executive in a travel industry that um, was in regular contact with the government and traveling to London. And he believes everything that the powers that be tell him and hasn't thought that, gee, maybe something's off here. What's the best strategy? 
for approaching people that still believe what they're being told? I think people have to do go the hard way. Um, so they have to really experience um, that something, you know, be it economic failure, be it, um, be it maybe even um, vex injuries. So I think this is the only way people wake up because if you, if I, for example, um, spoke to people before and I, I, I told my whole family, please don't get vaccinated. Do you think anyone listened? Nobody listened. No, my, like, my family oh, didn't hurt. listen to me either. Yeah. 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 So, so here we go. So that's, 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 that's a problem. And I mean, like in my case, I was even uninvited from my sister's wedding and all this stuff because I would be a danger wow. to her husband's dad. And, so, I mean, like, for not, I mean, you know, I even lied to be vaccinated. I was like, and she was like, did you get the booster? I was like, no, okay, you can't come. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck this. So, um, <laughs> even people you have a very good relationship with, and uh, I uh, had a very good relationship to a family, and it's, it got difficult. It got very difficult because they believed the media, they believed the so-called experts, and and uh, and they didn't believe me. They were like, okay, Simon's a scientist, yes, but I mean, like, he could be wrong, you know, and uh, there is a pandemic. People are dying because the television was saying it every day. So I think in order to wake up, people really have to make a personal experience and a bad experience um, to just see like, okay, well, it's not in my favor what's what's happening. Right. And let's turn to the positive here now. Vitamin oh, yeah. D. Which positive? Vitamin D. <laughs> I have been, I have, I have been aware of the benefits of vitamin D since my senior year of college. My senior research project was uh, studying light effects on the diurnal rhythms of Japanese quail. And wow. I under, I, my research showed, you know, we think here, New York City and Boston are northern cities. Well, if you trace New York across on a globe, you end up in Naples. And if you trace Boston across, you end up in Rome. And nobody thinks of Naples and Rome as being northern cities. But if you look at London and Dublin and trace those across, you end up in the middle of Hudson Bay. And of course, yes. in the wintertime, the further north you are, the less light you have. And so if your blood sugar level, if your testosterone level for men, if your various biorhythm levels are going to dip at three or four in the afternoon, which they do, you know, what do you do? You jack up on caffeine and sugar and there's, there's the British custom of afternoon tea for you right there. They were self-medicating. So I was aware of this whole, how light is important. And that led me into studying how vitamin D is produced by the body. It's the only vitamin the body produces because of sunlight. So we don't have a lot of sunlight here in the winter. I take vitamin D every day throughout the year because I'm very how much? You know, Irish skin. I'm, I'm very sensitive to light. So I don't get a lot of sunshine. I take uh, 20,000 IU a day. I don't know Whoa. if that's what's Whoa. that. Uh, that's, that's, well, that's, that's, that's sporty. It's good. I mean, like, you, you must be extremely healthy. I, I consider it, I don't know how much you weigh. I mean, like, you're not a woman. I can ask you <laughs> how much do you weigh? I'm 100 In kilos. kilos. One kilo. Okay. Okay. So it should be fine. It's it's still on a on a high side, but if you take it with vitamin K two and magnesium, it should be totally fine. But take K two; it's important. Otherwise, you know. Oh yeah. You, oh yeah. You need to take K two, um, because you don't want to. Uh, you want to avoid. I only take that much. In, yeah, I only take that much in the winter. I take half that in the summertime. Okay. So still great. I take five thousand per day. 
And I, I still have high vitamin D levels of 60, 70. I mean, it's not high. It's, it's, it's at least what's, what's necessary, you know, to have right. a working immune system. But I'm also outside a lot. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm doing permaculture in Brazil, well, so I'm outside yeah, the sun in, every day. In so, Brazil, yeah. you get a lot more sunlight in Brazil than we get here in upstate yeah. New York. Right? Yeah. So, exactly, so but why, why is vitamin D so important for people? Why don't you tell them why it's important? Well, it's, it's, it's the main regulator for the immune system. So actually, it shuts shuts down the immune system or or switches it on to make it very simple, you know, for the layman. So if you have low vitamin D level, the immune system should shut down. So that's why uh, that's why we usually say there is no flu season. There is just vitamin D deficiency season. So right. if you have high vitamin D levels during the winter, you, you most likely will not get the flu. The, the likelihood is very low. Of course, if you fasted every day, sugar every day, you don't move. Uh, the likelihood that you get sick, of course, is there because it's. it's I mean, there are many factors uh, that have that are having impact on the immune system. If you have a uh, if you have a l very low omega three index, for example, and you you're unhealthy, you can get sick. But I mean, like in general, you can say if you're living a, a quite healthy life and your vitamin D level is about fifty nanograms per milliliter, you will most likely not even get the sniffles once. Um, what what I have in my case. Um, I'm very sensitive to air conditioning and planes, very dry okay. air. So in the past, whenever I was flying, uh, after I landed, I was I was sick for one week, sick, like literally sick, sick and bad with fever. And nowadays, I still I fly, I arrive, I have you know, you know the feeling when the flu is arriving, when you when, yes, you, when you know like oh I'm gonna be kinda, ill, yeah, yeah, yes, I I have this for one or two hours, I have this. And I remember back in the time it would hit me for like a week and I just have this and then it's gone after one or two hours. So it's like the immune system is getting activated, you know, and okay, done. Okay, I I'm not going to get sick. So I've been ill for like 10 years since I have these high levels. I don't get, yeah, well, I have this myocarditis, but I mean, like, that's a different story. It's not from vaccination. It's from uh, people, people tease me online. <laughs> I, I have been in this, my, my best friend got the jab and he visited me the same day. We were drinking beer from the same glass. And then like two or three, two or three days later, I had myocarditis and nobody believed me. I, I think it's shedding. I mean, there's no other, there's no other solution than that. That's the only time I've been, I've been ill in the last 10 years. And it was the myocarditis, which was very unpleasant, but otherwise, um, there's nothing, nothing I can, I can, I can do whatever I can be in uh, with the uh, hundreds of sick people. I wouldn't get anything because I'm I'm high I'm in my way. All the traveling I've threes. done over the last, all the traveling I did through the through the pandemic, everything not sick. Do you know the last time I had the flu, Simon? It was after I got my one and only flu shot of my life back in 1995. Haven't had the flu since. We've got to leave it right there. Doesn't Thank you so much me. for coming on, folks. You can follow Simon on X at Godek at all. That's G-O-D-D-E-K-E-T-A-L and Godek at all.com and sunfluencer.com are his website. Simon, can't thank you enough. Fascinating discovery. Love what you're doing. Please keep fighting the good fight. Thanks for having me. Righto. That's it for tonight's Reckoning here on TNT Radio. Stay tuned for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.